What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Matt Sports House. I'm your host, Matthew Anderson. Got Thomas back on for Thomas. What is it like week five, week six of the college football season? Week four, something like that. I think, yeah, four or five. Yeah, I'm going to play right now. Both teams five and no. I think HBCUs play that first week, so technically week six. But I think they call that week zero. It don't matter. Y'all got into another episode. Uh, looking forward to a lot of college football, a little bit NFL. But uh, this is, I think this was the most ranked games in a college football season in a long time. So there's no surprise we're talking about a lot of college football. Thomas, how you doing, by the way? I'm good, man. How you doing? Another week, another week in the life. <laughs> uh, without further ado, welcome to my sports house. Open up the champagne. Pop. It's my house. Come on. Turn it up. Hear a knock on the door and the night begins. Cause we've done this before, so you come on in. Make yourself at my home, tell me where you've been. Pour yourself something cold, baby, cheers to this. Sometimes you gotta stay in. And you know where I live. Yeah, you know what we is. Sometimes you gotta stay in. All right, Thomas, we're going to start local. Uh, University of South Carolina, who had to move their game up because of the potential hurricane. Uh, they played on Thursday night. You know, a lot of boys out here, I'm sure across the country, they do a lot of gambling. And so everybody was like, oh, they moved the game up. Okay, let me go ahead and check the spread, whatever. I'm not too much into the gambling. Y'all come to this show for the win or the loss. You go someplace else. Spread. I'm, we're not on that. But anyway, the South Carolina Gamecocks played the South Carolina State Bulldogs in a game at Williams Bryce. Uh, the Gamecocks won with the sky with the final score 50 to 10. Uh, South Carolina State now moved to one and three, while the Gamecocks moved to three and two. Good win for the Gamecocks. I guess maybe get some confidence going after uh, last week's loss. Or uh, was it was they played last week or last week to buy? Uh no, nah, they played last week, I think. Yeah, last week was when they played Charlotte. Yeah, last week was Charlotte. Okay. I'm thinking, I'm like, I remember they just played Arkansas recently. But, yeah, so South Carolina got to win the final score 50-10. to 10. As expected, um, Marshawn Lloyd, 11 carries, 80 yards, which means he's averaging about seven yards per carry. Uh, once again, from what I just saw briefly in this game, they just, they just keep getting him involved. It's like we don't – we might not understand exactly what I think is Satterfield, the offensive coordinator, is doing – but one of the things in the right direction is definitely getting that ball to Marshawn Lloyd as early and often as possible. It seems like it's breeding a little bit of success with the Gamecocks. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is one of them games where you just, you know, you're hoping they come out and just handle their business and, you know, not uh, let South Carolina State stay in it, you know, at all. Um, which, you know, has kind of been a trend a little bit for Carolina this year. They kind of been letting yeah. Them lesser teams on the schedule hang around a little bit more than they need to. But, um, yeah, it was good to, to see them come out um, and, you know, offers put up a lot of points on the board. Um, you know, you're supposed to put up 50 on a team like SC State, you know, when you saw Carolina. So um, it was good to see them come out there and, and handle their business like that, especially on the short week. You know, um, like you said, gang got moved to Thursday. So that's, uh, you know, a day or two less to prepare that you normally would have. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it was definitely um, a good showing. You know, one thing that was kind of interesting, I saw a little Twitter discussion about the South Carolina offense. All the fans are trying to figure out, like, what's the identity of the offense? And they were saying, for what you want to do with that, like, the quick, like, passes out, maybe a little bit of a mobile quarterback, 
a lot of fans like Luke Dottie is actually a better quarterback for that style of play. Like, you know, Spencer Rattler, we want to air this thing out like they do in the Big 12. To where yeah. he played that made a lot more sense. But if you're talking about like that, just that quick game and then maybe the quarterback being mobile, which as we see around the country causes uh, defenses to have to honor that. Does that yeah. that more of a Luke Dottie thing? Also, one thing I was thinking about too, it's funny, you tune into this game and you see Shaq Davis out there. And I think a lot of people remember him from last year whenever Jackson State played, uh, when Jackson State played South Carolina State. And you're like, oh, what's he about to do with these corners? Because it's like, okay, these are against SEC corners. Like, and now, granted, the corners at Jackson State, all the majority of the team has transferred for bigger and not in, in his own right. But it was interesting to see him out there. And it's like, now you look at him a little bit differently because we all saw what he did last year. What was it, Celebration Bowl? I think so. I think that's what they call it. Yeah, so he had, a, he had an okay day, uh, three catches, 62 yards. So, yeah, average 20 yards per catch, but you kind of expect that as a receiver. So we're going to keep it moving there for the game. Actually, let's see. Let's see. We're gonna kinda, I like how we did it kind of last week. All right, so they played this week, played against South Carolina State. Looks like next week on the schedule you got looks like you got uh, Kentucky going to, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're going to – is it Kentucky the blue grass? Is it the blue green? What, what's the expression? What the you talking about the bluegrass thing? Yeah, you got the blue. I, I think it's because you know, I think it's like blue, blue green vacations or some type of timeshare. That's what I was thinking of. Thinking. <laughs> They're going to the bluegrass state. Uh, I heard Spurs up show I was like, hey, after blitzing what Kentucky do, that's definitely a winnable game. I was like, are you crazy? Have you not watched the rest of the time? <laughs> that is not at all. I, I think Carolina opens at like a 14 point underdog. Do you think there's a shot of them beating Kentucky next week? Uh, I mean, they for sure got a shot. Um, you know, they, they just have to put it all together. Um, I mean, they definitely haven't, um, you know, looked as good as Kentucky's looked this year. Um, and they probably played about the same caliber of schedule, I'd say. Um, cause I mean, South Carolina's best test this year so far has been, uh, probably Arkansas. Um, and I think Kentucky, well, actually Kentucky's probably had a little bit of a, a, a tougher schedule cause you know, they, had Florida a couple of weeks ago and then had Old Miss this past weekend. Um, but uh, I think I think their uh, quarterback play is a little better over there at Kentucky, and they got their star running back um, back. I think it's uh, Chris Rodriguez. If, if I'm not messing his name up, I know his last name, Rodriguez, but he just came back off of some kind of – I don't know. I don't think it was a suspension, but it was some deal they had with the NCAA where he couldn't play the first couple games. So um, I just think uh, – and, you know, with them being at home, like I said, they're, they're coming off that loss to Ole Miss. Um, you know, I feel I feel like they might be, you know, kind of, you know, looking for revenge, I guess you could say, or just looking to avenge their loss from last week. Um, but, yeah, I mean, South Carolina really had to put it all together, I think, to beat Kentucky because Kentucky's one of the top teams, not just in the East, but in the SEC this year. So it's, it's going to be tough going in there. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. It's like you got to have – you got to play your best game thus far. And yeah, obviously yeah. you prepare for it as best as possible, whatnot, but obviously putting it together on the field on the road in the SEC, that could be tough. Luckily, Kentucky's it's not like Kentucky is the loudest place to play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, definitely the fans will be like a uh, could be like a little bit of a barrier for the Gamecocks, but it's like hey, this would be a great uh, game to get the fans. They're already excited, you know, for the season, but it'd be a great game for them to kind of be like, all right, yo, this is the direction we're going to, like a statement game. I think I heard uh, the LSU coach. Was talking about this like this was a statement game for the program. I think it could be the same thing. But South yeah. And you know, since you went ahead and mentioned this Kentucky Ole Miss game, we're gonna talk about it a little later. Might as well go ahead and throw it in there now. 
Ole Miss moves to five and zero, beating uh, the Kentucky Wildcats. Final score twenty two nineteen. Right before this weekend really got going, where everybody was like throughout this week, you've been hearing Will Levis, first quarterback off the board next. I'm like, like what? Do, do y'all not understand the guy in Alabama or the guy in Columbus, Ohio? But they're really the talks behind Will Levis are really kind of sped up there. And I'm like, not a chance. Maybe he's maybe in the top five, ten quarterbacks taken. I haven't like really like studied him in depth to be able to like, yo, he's the yeah. number four guy. But talks are going. They went on the road to Ole Miss, and Ole Miss has got a thing about them of being able to spoil. They just they they do a really good job of spoiling. I was low key thinking before I had to go all that. Ole Miss won the game, final score twenty two nineteen. But uh, one thing I was thinking about is like, Relaine Kiff, right? It's the SEC job. Uh, been him back in the SEC. He's doing a good job there. But it's like, what's the ceiling at Ole Miss? Yeah. Especially maybe if they were like in the Big 12 or something, it's like, hey, they can go to the playoff. But it's like, yeah. even when they've had their best teams, you got the Chad Kellys, our guy last year went to the Panthers. There's that ceiling of them playing the SEC West where it's like they can't beat Bama, Auburn, LSU, yeah. Mississippi State. And so I, I guess my question is, first of you, what were your thoughts? First, what are your thoughts on the game? Second of all, what do you think the ceiling is at Link, uh, at Ole Miss for Lane Kiffin? Um, well, thoughts on the game, uh, like you said, it, it just I feel like any time a team is, is going to play at Ole Miss, and it's been like that for a while, like, you know, even since before Lane, like you said, if you go back to the teams with, you know, Chad Kelly, the contrary well, guys like that, it, you know, it was always like a tough go for, for teams whenever they came to Ole Miss. Um, so you just know, you know, you knew Kentucky coming in their rank. Um, you know, like you said on one of the shows the other week, you know, this ain't your, your dad or your uncle in Kentucky that you used yeah. to. You actually, you know, kind of nice this year. So, uh, you know, you already knew it was going to be one of those kind of games, um, you know, uh, where you kind of had to be on upset alert. Like I said, just because, you know, Ole Miss kind of has a tough environment to play in and, and Lane Kiffin is, is known to play spoiler. And a lot of type of games. Um, but Will Levis, I mean, he he played a good game. I'm looking at the stats now. You went 18 for 24, 220 yards and two touchdowns. Um, and I think Jackson Dart for Ole Miss didn't throw a touchdown at all. He yeah, no touchdowns in the pick. He went 15 for 29. Um, so yeah, uh, but yeah, I know Kentucky struggled with some turnovers. Um, they made a couple of big plays on special teams, but but they had a big fumble at the end there by yeah. Levis. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that, you know, that that definitely uh, doesn't help at all, um, you know, when you, when you look at the grand scheme of things. Uh, but, I mean, you, you, you still, I guess this game kind of shows you that Kentucky and, you know, I guess where we thought, you know, they were at so far. Yeah. Um, you know, because this is, you know, one of those games where, uh, you know, kind of like how you just put it, you know, with Brian Kelly talking about LSU. I feel like this would have been a statement game for Kentucky just in the sense of, like, you know, you're a high-ranked team in the Ole Miss. This is kind of a game where, you you know, you go into somebody else's, um, you know, opposing territory and, and show you can get a tough win on the road and show you, you know, really one of those top-caliber teams. So, um, you know, I, I kind of guess it, it showed us that Kentucky still might have a little ways to go if we can put them in that upper echelon of teams. But um, to answer your question about Ole Miss, um, Man, I, I I agree with you, Matt. That's that's crazy. I never really thought about that. Like, you know, where Ole Miss's ceiling could be. Cause like you said, we see him have talent come through there all the time. But it's like, and, and we've seen the seasons where, you know, they beat Bama. 
Um, or they might be the LSU, but it's like then they might get tripped up by Mississippi State yeah. or you know, yeah. tripped up by Arkansas. So it's like, yeah, are they gonna really be able to, you know, just have total control of the ACC West? Um, and I don't know, man. I just it's tough, man. We when you got saving in that conference, it, you know, it all comes down to recruiting. You know, if, if you can get, you know, those those you know top guys in there. Um, Why well, ain't gonna say it all comes down to recruiting? Because we see with a, a school like AM, you can have eighty something, four or five stars, and still you know, not be winning too much. Um, but I don't know, man. It, it's, it, it's tough competing against saving. Um, and just being in the SEC in general, because, you know, like we, we see with the East, teams may be down for a couple of years, but they won't be down for long. So it's like teams, you know, the same way you're trying to, um, you know, reload every year, they're doing the same thing as you. So, man, I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I hate to say, but I, I, I feel like they kind of, not already hit their season, like with the team they got now, but just, you know, the past history of Ole Miss, you know, uh, we saw them in the Sugar Bowl a couple of years ago when they had, you know, like a Chad Kelly out. So I, I feel like, I think they were in the Sugar Bowl uh, last season, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, I, I feel like that may kind of be their season. Um, you know, one of those New Year's Six Bowls, you know, every now and then. But, I mean, unless they, uh, yeah, unless they start recruiting, like maybe same caliber guys as, as a Bama, um, yeah, it's hard to see him really just taking total control over the over the SEC way. No, I completely under, I completely agree with you. That's like, and that that's kind of sucks. But this is where the advantage of that playoff is going to come in. Is yeah, sure, sure. teams. It's like okay, well now we got a little bit more level ground because that top four is tough. Because you pretty yeah. much can't. And the thing that sucks about them is you're probably going to lose two games in your conference, like on this exactly. conference. Too. Yeah. Like, we're going to lose, like, maybe the opener against uh, Virginia or somebody. No, no, no. It's going to be that dog with a and yeah. Mississippi State, that uh, Alabama, the LSU, et cetera, et cetera. Two things I did want to mention. I think a lot of the country who had already – who maybe doesn't watch a lot of uh, Kentucky football, guy introduced to Barry and Brown. That return, man, the electric, number two, uh, had to return. Yeah, yeah. Receiver, the kid's electric. Um, there was something else I had to say about Kentucky, too. Whenever you saw that hit, uh, what was that hit by the hit at the end of the game on Will Levis that kind of made a fumble? Like you got to sit there and watch that, and you go, that's SEC football. You, know yeah. like you, see yeah. that hit, you see the hands kind of get knocked over like that. It's like, that's why you play. And this is just old Miss, you know what I'm saying, on the given Saturday. Yeah. So let's see who. So now what? Ole Miss is five and zero. So they move forward. I don't think a lot of people expected. Hold on, you want to say? So obviously, like I said, tough break for for Kentucky. But I'm sure they'll move. But anyway, we'll keep it moving. We'll kind of go back to what we were talking about before about the local teams. Clemson versus NC State college game day was in town. It's kind of interesting to see Pat McAfee on the road with uh. Uh, Kirk Herstreet and the team. I, I like it. Yeah. I really like it. I know it's great for Pat McAfee's show because now it's like you get extra viewers because he's only there. Like, who is that guy? And you can watch the show. I used to watch yeah. it a little more when I was in Columbia. Clemson gets the win. Prime time. Final score 30 to 20 over the NC State Wolfpack. Uh, Clemson moves to 5-0. and NC State goes to 4-1, uh, and which is still pretty good for the Wolfpack. And let's look at the stats here. DJ Uyunglele. Went 21 for 30 for 209 yards and a touchdown. Uh, meanwhile, the Devin Leary went 28 for 47. Good guy. 245 yards and a touchdown. My thoughts on the game just off rip. Will Shipley is nice in Clemson. Will Shipley, he's from North Carolina. I think it was like a five-star running back. I, I was like, I wonder how this is going to go. He's really come to play for Clemson for, since he's really been on campus. 
I thought NC State really showed up. I thought they played a physical, a real physical game. I was like, oh man, like the hands were definitely rocking during that game. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but I mean, it was it was good to see. I don't want to say good to see. I you know I know Clemson supporter, but you know, uh, just I guess after you know what we talked about last week and them cutting it close with uh Wake Forest, um, it was good to see him come out and and you know get another quality win right you know right after that. Um, you know, I kind of thought they were going to come in. And, I mean, like you said, NC State definitely played them tough. But, I mean, you know, it's not like NC State's, you know, same old NC State we used to. You know, they're the ranked team this year. So, um, now nah, they gave them a good fight. But uh, it was good to see Clemson, um, you know, kind of looks like their defense, you know, got back in order a little bit, only giving up 20 points. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's good to see DJ being a little more consistent this year. Like you said, uh, 20 on for 30, 209, no interceptions. Um, so, you know, he's, he's being real smart with the ball, obviously only, you know, not a completion, no picks. Um, and yeah, it's always good to have a playmaker like, um, you know, Shipley who can do it out the backfield and in a receiving game. Um, so yeah, man, Clemson, you know, definitely looking like they're on the right track this year. I mean, you know, they, we know most of the time they're going to have a favorable schedule. Uh, I think they play Florida state coming up here soon. So that'll probably be like their next or really like last biggest test I say, um, for the season. Um, well, I know I think they got Florida State and Notre Dame, but you know, Notre, you know, I know the Dame looking to see. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that Florida State game I think is going to be the next big test. Um, but they definitely on the right path. Um, I think they're ranked yeah four or five. So yeah, they just they just stay you know within that range of that that you know top four top five. Um, if they can just win out, you know, win that ACC championship, we they'll probably be right back in that playoff like they never left. So. Yeah, they they definitely back on. I don't want to say back on track. Like I said, they on the right track. Yeah, and I seen that Brian, their lineman, uh, lineman Brian Brees, who I think his daughter. I mean, not his daughter, but his sister passed due to like some sort. I think it was cancer, some sort of like sickness, or whatnot. Also, he had some like blood test, something went wrong, so he didn't play in this game. But it's like for Clemson, it's like also where they probably do end up in the playoff. Most likely, they win the ACC championship game. They most likely went out. It's like to also have that fully loaded roster that we saw once the season like kicked off. It's like you got that full roster by Clemson, especially on defense, it's really hard for it like to beat them. And defensively and offensively, if DJ's playing with confidence, then that's a whole thing in itself. So go in for the Tigers. They got Boston College next week. Oh, we're gonna go ahead and move here to the Big Ten. It's so funny because I feel like uh, Thomas, like going through middle school, high school, we ain't never really talking about no Big Ten football. Like you know, Terrell Pryor, they got problems, and I think they played the Sugar Bowl. They had the tattoos. That's probably the extent of us talking about Big Ten football. But now that yeah. is with the Buckeyes, we talk about these Buckeyes every single week. I had Ohio State Buckeyes play the Rutgers Scar, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Uh, in this ball game, Ohio State got the one to final score 49-10. Oh, they move on to be they're now five and oh. The Rutgers dropped to three and two. CJ Stroud, 13 for 22, 154 yards and two touchdowns. And if you look at that stat line for the Buckeyes, you're kind of like you're not used to seeing like CJ Stroud at least not hit 200, but it really didn't matter. It's crazy because Travion Henderson, although practicing all week. He, he didn't dress out. Well, he didn't play in this game. And so Mayan Williams was the guy who took the took, who took the step in. But Mayan Williams always been like the bruising back. Some, back. Some people say he's one of the most bruising backs in college football. Had 21 carries, 189 yards, and five touchdowns, which tied the school records for touchdowns in the game. I want to say that record was probably started – I want to say Eddie George had that record. 
Mm-hmm. I want to say I'm almost 100 sure. If you're funny, if you look back at those old videos of him running in the backfield, it's like could anybody tackle him? Uh, but anyway, also for that 21 for 189 yards per 189 yards in this game, he averaged nine yards per carry, which is great. That's almost like what you would expect a receiver averaging, like catching the ball. So big day for him. The receivers is Marvis and Harrison Jr. continue had a touchdown. It seems like he just has a knack for finding the end zone. And there were a couple other times he probably should almost he almost had a touchdown. But uh somebody pat they gave him the pass interference. The defenders like I'd rather just save the play than yeah. let him score. So big day for the Buckeyes. Did, hey, did you see the the punter fake punting and deciding to run and then getting nailed out of bounds by the Rutgers uh defender? I think so. When when was that the uh, that wasn't that late hit play, was it? That was that. That was the play. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah okay, that, yeah. It's funny because Ryan Day he got into it with the Rutgers head with Greg Shanali son. I was in there, but he got into it with him, and it was funny because after the game, I think they asked in the press conference. They went up to Ryan Day. They were like, uh, and Ryan Day was like, how it went was he after the play told the punter he's like, who told you to do that? And the punter was like. I did. He's like, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Immediately, I'm thinking this kids will be running stadium stuff to pukes. Oh, yeah. Because especially because it turned into something, and it's like, see, yeah. why you do what we tell you to do. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was thinking about that, but hey, Buckeyes, we keep rolling, looking like, I ain't gonna lie to you, Tom, it's looking like one of the best teams, if not the best team in the country moving forward, so Buckeyes get the win. We got Michigan State next week. I expect us to win that one and to keep it rolling. Uh, we're going to move here back to the SEC uh, for a minute here. I wanted to talk about this Alabama game. What were your thoughts on uh, the Alabama game this week? Uh, ah, man, it's, it's I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of hard to ignore the you know biggest storyline coming out of the game with you know Bryce Young and that injury. Um, so I mean. For them to finish it off the way they did without him, you know, was real promising. You know, they were up 14 nothing when he went out of the game. Um, and uh, is, is Jalen Milrow? That's how you pronounce his name, I, I think. Yeah. You know, I hope I messed it up. But, uh, yeah, now nah, he, he came in and, and did his thing. Um, you know, they didn't really have him putting it in the air too much. Um, he only had nine attempts in the air, but he did throw for a touchdown, though. Um, but, yeah, he really, you know, uh, impressed people with his legs, which is what, you know, we, we were hearing most about him. Um, before we, you know, saw him hit the field. Um, so, yeah, man, I mean, like I said, it, it was promising to see him come in and, and hold down the fort, you know, the way he did. Um, but I think um, the more impressive thing was, you know, it, it looks, you know, a little bit like that receiving core for Bama is kind of coming into form. Um, they were making a lot of plays out, you know, out there for, uh, at receiver. Um, and it wasn't just, you know, one or two guys. They were, uh, you know, kind of doing it by committee. Um you know, of course, you got Gibbs, who, who's a running back, you know, all, you know, always contributing out the backfield. But, yeah, you definitely had a lot of young guys stepping up and making plays. I think the two leading receivers for the game were, like, freshmen and sophomores. Um, yeah, so, Kobe, yeah, they did. Kobe Prentice had three catches for 92 yards and a touchdown. And uh, Isaiah yeah. Ball had two for, one, uh, two for 76. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that just, you know, was another example, you know, of them showing you how, how deep they are. Um, you know, with those guys, you know, not even be there, you know, the, the, the main guys that start for them. So, uh, yeah, like I said, it, you know, I think that was the more promising thing just because we kind of seen uh, them struggle just to find, like, that main playmaker um, out wide at receiver form this year. Um, so, yeah, that that was definitely uh, promising. But, uh, yeah, it, it, on, you know, 
on Arkansas side, it's definitely a bad loss. I mean, not a bad loss in the sense that you're losing to Bama, but, you know, and the fact that this is back-to-back losses for them coming out that loss against A&M last week. Um, so, yeah, you got to wonder, you know, what the rest of their season is going to be looking like because, you know, you know, at the start of the year, it looked pretty promising um, the way they were playing. Uh, so, but, yeah, no, nah, like I said, biggest thing for me is just wondering, you know, how long Bryce Young is going to be out um, with this injury. Because, um, I mean, like I said, they definitely got the talent with uh, Miro to back him up. But, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, you know, more, it comes down to more than talent, um, you know, when it comes to, to leading a team in the SEC and trying to win a national championship. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely interested to see how this plays out, um, especially, you know, not to hit back on the receiver thing. But, you know, it's a little bit different where if you had, you know, just like a main receiving threat, you know, you know, you could rely on game in and game out. But since it's kind of been that receiver by committee thing for Bama, that, you know, kind of worries you a little bit too um, if they got to go with Milro for the rest of the season. But, yeah, I'll definitely be tuning in and, and, you know, trying to see how they handle that that Bryce Young injury. And I'm, I'm waiting to see how long he's going to be out. Yeah, and no, I think of most of college football is like, okay, especially because, like, he's between him and CJ seem like are the Heisman guys. So by default, mm-hmm. he goes out for a little while. CJ continues to build. And it's like, and then obviously too, like you're saying, because of that receiving course, that it's like Bryce Young wears the cape. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I, I'm carrying this offense. So we'll see what happens with that. I'm literally like, as I'm thinking about this game, it's like go down the list of names. So we start off with Jalen Milrow. I think he first made his appearance like on Twitter, where people were like, "Who is that guy?" Whenever somebody showed a picture of him like this offseason, like this is the Alabama backup quarterback. Everybody's mm-hmm. like, "Who is that guy?" So to see him go in this game, do some research on him. First of all, he run like he from Florida. Like, if I just just purely seen him run, I'm like, this guy has to be from Fort Myers. He got to be somewhere in that area, Lamar Jackson. But he's from Texas. The dude can move. Whereas at number four, kind of reminds a lot of people, TJ Yeldon a little bit. I think a lot of people when they first saw it, I was like, is that? Nah, I can't be. But uh, definitely <laughs> a guy that looks like he, was, like, like he could be a physical back. But if he went to Alabama to play quarterback, it's not like he's, he's an athlete. He's a quarterback. So clearly he can throw the rock, probably just would love to develop him a little bit longer. But, you know, obviously it's football. You never know when your, your number is going to be called. Now, like I said, one to kind of go down the list is Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs came from Georgia Tech, correct? Yep. This dude, this brother was a heck of a steal. He was a steal to come from Georgia Tech because he's been balling Alabama. It seems like every time the bright lights on, he makes a big play. This one, he had two uh, one, for his stat line, he had 18 carries. 206 yards, uh, averaging 11 yards per carry. Folks, that is more than some receivers average. And two touchdowns. And it's like when he breaks away, nobody catches him. It's, he's just gone. Like, so it's kind of crazy for me to think about. It. I'm assuming, I'm not you know, for a fact, but I'm assuming if he went to Georgia Tech, Alabama might not have been recruiting him coming out of high school, but it's like, hey, the way this portal set up, or even if you're a grad transfer, you go to, to a little bit bigger school. And now, where Georgia Tech people might have been paying attention to you a little bit, maybe clearly Nick Saban was. It's like, yeah. when you go to Alabama, now the eyes, the country knows you're one of the Alabama's backs. And, you know, at least hitting into the draft, a lot of times Alabama backs are fa- look favorable upon. Now, there's a whole other discussion about, like, them, like, sometimes they're DBs. Once they get to the league, it's like we've already seen the best of them because they had to work so hard at Alabama. Yeah. That's another conversation for another day. <laughs> <laughs> so Alabama continues to move forward. They're 5-0. and ooh. They have they got a date. Oh, I remember. Yeah, they got a date with Texas A and M next week, and it was funny because I saw this on might have been ESPN's account. It's like before the season, we were all thinking Jimbo Fisher versus Nick Saban. This gonna be the one. 
college game day is going to be in Kansas. Is you, like, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about how storylines have changed. Now it's going to be Alabama. It's like Alabama versus AM. You think that's SEC West matchup? Coaches talking joke before the season. It's got to be where the game is. It's going to be in Kansas. It's like basketball season or something. So, uh, are you expecting any type of upset with uh, uh, the maybe Texas and the Maggies beating Alabama? Or you think the tie roll? Nah, yeah, I think Alabama going to roll over. Um, I mean, I, I think Texas A&M confidence is going to be kind of shook up. Because like you said, coming into the season, they had all the hype behind them. Um, but, you know, they're coming off a loss at Mississippi State. Had that bad loss earlier in the year to App State, man. So I think they kind of in that. And they got to go to Bama. Um, so, I mean, you know, just, you know, guys being, you know, realistic about, I mean, you know, you know, guys are humans and stuff. So, I mean, I'm sure the conversations in the locker room are, you know, they're kind of looking at it as like, you know, what else we got left to play for. Because, yeah. um, I mean, you know, you still, they still got to play, you know, some of those top schools in the West, like LSU, Bama. Um, you know, I think, I don't think they played Auburn yet, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, so it's like, you know, you can still knock those top dogs off, but it, you know, it's, it's a hard road to the, to the SEC championship once you take that first loss in the conference, especially when it's later in the season. Um, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's no longer in your control. You got to depend on other teams to lose and, you know, this team to beat that team. Um, so, I mean, just being realistic about it, man, I'm sure those guys in the locker room, you know, you know, maybe not saying it out loud, but then their little, you know, clear conversations, they're like, man, you know, our season's over with, you know, we ain't got nothing much to play for. So, I mean, you know, that's just the reality of, reality of it. Um, so, you know, they may come out against Bama, you know, not really motivated. Um, you know, especially, you know, guys got these NIL, NIL deals and stuff. It's like, hey, they, you know, coming home to a little check or whatever. So, you know, that went lost and don't even matter to them. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I don't see a and pulling off any kind of upset. Um, like I said, I, I think the confidence is a little shot. Um, so, yeah, I definitely see Bama winning that one. Yeah, I expect the tide to roll. Like you said, it's just interesting to see what happens with Bryce Young and see, see what kind of happens with that storyline. And But if not, I'm sure there'll be uh, a sense of urgency to get Jalen Milrow even more involved in the passing game. And so, like, because if he is going to be that long-term option, obviously you want, like, right, Fred did it for this day, he went four for nine for 65 yards. You want him to look like I like general passing dude. It's funny, the reason I even tuned into this game, because as far as I was concerned, I mean, you look at the little scoreboard, score 28 nothing. I was them coming out, of, like, and going to the half. So I'm like, well, that's the yeah. Next thing I know, they're like, you might want to tune into the uh, – Arkansas game because Alabama was up 28-16. I'm like, when did they close the gap? And so that was kind of crazy. But then Alabama scores 21 in the fourth quarter. And that's kind of like the epitome of their fourth quarter program. You know, when you yeah. hear the former Alabama players talk about, you know, put the fours up and how they have those things where it's, it, I, I can't exactly explain it. I'll look more information and I'll be able to tell you next week. But it's something like they leave the weight room and they, well, it's even different. They probably got an attachment, but it used to be they leave the weight room, they bust to the facility, run the stairs right back to the weight room. And it's all in preparation for the fourth quarter. Whenever, what Scott Cochran used to talk about all the time, that's what Whenever all, whenever most teams are wear down, tapped out for the game, it's like, oh, we just getting started. We done done worse of this in that Alabama heat, humidity this summer. Uh, so yeah, so definitely gonna be interesting to watch uh, as Alabama continues to go, and hopefully Jimbo Fisher can get his guys ready to play.
All right, so we're going to stay in the SEC. Another game that kind of caught me by surprise, because uh, I'm thinking Georgia-Missouri. Georgia went to this game 4-0. Missouri went to this game 2-2. Two two. So I'm like, Georgia runs away with this one. Georgia kind of been cruising through the SEC and really just through the country in general as of recently. Then I'm looking over it. I think it's like Georgia's down like by like 13 points or something like that. What is going on? Uh, Georgia didn't end up pulling the win off of final score 26 to 22. Tom, what were your thoughts on that game between the Georgia and Missouri? No, nah, I'm with you, man. I thought they were going to come in and, you know, roll over them. Uh, I mean, yeah, like I said, I don't point with you. I wouldn't even tune in, honestly, man. But I saw the same thing. I think I saw they were down. 13 to three or 16 to three. Um, and then, you know, that's when I had to turn it on. And uh, it just, uh, you know, goes to show you, you know, like you were saying earlier, any given Saturday in the ACC, man, it's like, you know, anybody can come to play on, you know, on any Saturday, uh, especially when, you know, you're in somebody else's home stadium, got to deal with that, that crowd. Um, you know, teams always, you know, bring a little extra juice when they're the home team, just because it's, you know, an environment they're used to being in. Uh, but, yeah, I definitely didn't think Missouri was going to come out and, and give them this close of a fight. I mean, it was, like, you know, really down to the wire. Um, Georgia had to go on a couple of big drives at the end of the game. Uh, but they just, you know, really just walked Missouri right down the field. Um, and I think that's kind of where that, that championship, you know, uh, pedigree kind of came in to show for Georgia, um, which, you know, just really kind of reminded me that, you know, they're one of these top teams in the nation. Kind of, you know, it was kind of a similar situation to – that uh, Bama-Texas game we saw earlier in the year. Um, it didn't necessarily come down to a game-winning drive by Stetson Bennett, but like I said, it was just multiple drives at the end um, where it's like they really, you know, locked in um, when they needed to as a team, um, you know, on both sides of the ball. You know, they were able to drive the ball down the field and score on offense and then come right out and get big stops uh, on defense. Um, so this is, you know, one of those games uh, that, you know, most, uh, most top teams in the country – Every year in college football, have you know at least one of these uh, where you know a team you're you know kind of supposed to be handily uh, plays you a little tougher than expected. Um, but you know a lot of times we see that in the upsets. Um, so yeah, like I said, it, it was good to see Georgia um, you know lock in and, and and pull out the W at the end. Yeah, there's a thing to just finding the will to win. It's like sometimes it ain't gonna be exactly how you want it to, but just find the way to win. And it's the thing now, too, because this is the problem. See, beforehand, you expect Georgia to be good, but you expect them a game like this. Now you see the talent they have on that roster. You see how these guys play, how they fly around to the ball. It's like, how is it? Like, to me, my first thought is, like, how did the six-foot-seven tight end almost lose that ball in Missouri? Like, that's what I think of it. It's like yeah. that type of talent across the board, all the tight ends they have, receivers, stats have been it fluid. It's like, how does this happen? I think it also is kind of good sometimes because maybe, I don't know if this is the case in the Georgia locker room, but, Maybe you get a little bit like, oh, we're better than everybody. And then so you get one of these in the middle of the season, and you know, you trust yeah. and believe Kirby Smart and we'll be using this moving forward. Like, okay, y'all, y'all remember, I don't like I said, I don't know if this happened, but in case it did, you can be like, you remember what happened last time we was chilling in a week of practice instead yeah. of probably going, you know, the hardest maybe we possibly could. Don't know if that's the case here. I know when I saw those I saw those Georgia players arguing on the sideline. I was yeah. like, that's that's either, that's either a really bad sign because it's like, we're, we're like you know, y'all freaking out. You're like battling amongst each other. You can kind of yeah. take yourself out of the game or y'all yeah. pull it together and uh, get the win. So the Bulldogs continue to go on. And like I said, it's kind of crazy. Kirby Smart went to Georgia and it's almost created, not exactly, but something similar to like an expectancy twin. Yeah. Like, to the point where, you know, Georgia might have a couple years back 
fumble with Missouri. Okay, cool. George does that. But now it's like, what's going on in Athens? Why, yeah. why, why is this happening? So Georgia gets the win. Let's see who they got next week. Next week is the over. What's do you know the name of that rivalry? Oh uh, no, nah, I got no clue. Oh, the mm-hmm. funny because they, they got a whole bunch. It's like the deep, the deep south's biggest rivalry. And then you got uh the crap, like the, the one with Florida and Georgia, the name of that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, they got all yeah. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is the deep south's oldest one. Deep south, yeah, okay. Deep south's oldest one. I have a quick prediction. Who you got? Auburn, Georgia. Oh, I no, I got Georgia for sure. And they got them uh and they got them at home. Like you said, I think last week against Missouri would be kind of a little wake up call for them. Yeah. Um, no, no, you, I mean, you definitely right about that, Matt. Teams can definitely get complacent. Um, and, they, you know, you get to win in a little. Uh, you just come out kind of, um, you know, it's, it's a common saying, you know, in sports, but you just kind of come out going through the motions, just kind of expecting, like, everything to just fall in line and, you know, okay, we're better. You know, we got better players. We just supposed to come out and win. Um, well, you know, it's, it's definitely ain't like that. I mean, the same way they, you know, you go through a practice and, and suit up and come out to play, other teams doing the same thing. Um, so, yeah, now nah, you 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 right on the money with that. Um, you know, they definitely could could have been the case in the locker room. Um, but yeah, I I, I think like you said, that was, that was a little wake up call from last week um, for them to just say, you know, when, when teams come in that we're supposed to be, you know, we got to handle our business. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely uh, got Georgia in this one. So this one will be between the hedges. So it'll be exciting. I know the Georgia fans will be happy to get that game. Is that a let's see, is that a CBS game? Yeah, yeah I think so because it's at 330. And you know, what is it? I think the, the the Big Ten is moving to the CBS here in the near future. And this and the SEC is moving off. So that's gonna be crazy, like to not catch that, that game on CBS on 19. Yeah, man. That, that's all we know, man. Yeah, no, for the longest too. So something to watch, I guess. I'm assuming yeah, I think the SEC just signed that contract long term with ESPN. So you'll catch Ohio State, Michigan State will be the the CBS game of the week. You know, which I like at first I was like, eh, like because you're thinking, I don't know if that necessarily fits. But when you think about the bruising style of the Big Ten on CBS, so it might not be exactly the most exciting, like uh, not platform. They, like when you think about CBS, sometimes you might fall asleep watching the game a little bit. You just might do so, and the big yeah. games definitely fit that. So don't be so something to watch there. But uh, I think that's all we got. Then uh, got to talk about here. Uh, so we out here on this West Coast, uh, Southern Cal. Southern Cal play Arizona State. This is recently after I don't know if it was this past week, but recently Herm Edwards being let go at Arizona State. I've been hearing a lot of crazy stuff that was going to Arizona State. So like it seems like it was not just because of. Uh, the game, maybe the season, but there's been a lot of problems that have been going on. Apparently, assistants were trying to help other teams. A whole bunch of foolishness, but back to this point, USC continues to roll, be in Arizona State, final score of 42-25. If I'm not mistaken, this was a big recruiting weekend for uh, Lincoln Riley and the uh, uh, Trojans. A lot of five stars were out there. And I'm not saying the first time five stars have been out there at USC because they're probably graced at camp, just because there's a lot of them in California. But now it's like they got a lot of momentum rolling here, even after winning the tough game against Oregon State uh, last week. So, Thomas, what did you think about this ball game with the uh, Trojans won final score 42-25? And just a quick stat line before I let you go. Uh, Caleb Williams, 27, 30, for 37, 348 yards and three touchdowns. So, uh, and Jordan Addison, the last year's blunt to call for award winner, eight catches for 105 yards. So, Thomas, what are your thoughts on the game? Um. 
Arizona came out, man, and they they ran with USC for a little bit. Um, you know, clearly, you know, you can tell by the final score, USC ended up pulling away at the end. But um, yeah, I mean, I think this game kind of just showed me USC might not be in that, uh, you know, up there with it with a team like a Bama or like a Georgia. Um, just yet, and I don't even want to say just yet because I mean I, I feel like this season kind of gonna be one of them like lightning in the bottle seasons because I think Kayla Williams and, and Addison are, are gonna be out of here after this year. Um, or is is this Williams' second year or third year? I feel like let's look it up. I want to say this might be his second. I want to say it might be his second. Let's check. Okay. It out. Yeah. Well, I was about to say if it's his second, then you know he'll be back next year, or whatever. But. Um, if this is his, uh, oh, nah, yeah, this is, okay, so yeah, this is only a second year. Um, but I mean, still, I, I I think just with the, you know, weapons he's got at receiver, having one of the best receivers in the country in Jordan Addison, um, you know, I, I don't want to say necessarily lightning in a bottle type season, like they're not going to be good after the season, but I feel like this might be one of their best chances to compete, um, you know, for a national championship. Uh but I think this game kind of just showed me they, they might not be ready for that yet, just letting a team like Arizona State kind of hang in there after. You know, like you said last week, they almost got knocked off by Oregon State. Um, so, I mean, they, they, uh, they're they kind of slowing up a little bit on offense. I don't know if that's because, you know, teams kind of got a little bit of film study on them now. Um, you know, they can they can look at certain tendencies, just kind of see, you know, what, what plays, um, you know, they like to run. Uh, you know, more than they had at the beginning of the year since it was kind of a brand new um, just offense in general, you know, just as far as a single collection of players. Um, so, yeah, I think now that we're a little deeper in the season, like I said, teams got a little film on them. Uh, they're not catching anybody off guard. Um, you know, teams kind of understand that offense really is the real deal, so they're getting prepared for them, um, you know, as such. Uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, they slow, they slow down a little bit because of that. Um, so yeah, man, I think uh I think they just gotta pick the pace back up on offense. Um, I mean, you know, 42 is in the slouch game, you know, by any means. You know, that's you know, most teams in the country probably couldn't put up 42 points week in and week out. Uh, but like I said, they just kind of got off to a little bit of a slower start this year. I mean, not this year, um, this game. Um, and you know, part of that may have been to, like you said, with the recent firing of uh Herm Edwards with Arizona State, you know, maybe the team may have come out with a little more extra. Um, Juice, you know, playing for that for that interim head coach who, who's in place for him now. Um, you know, maybe playing just maybe a little more loose, you know, since it's, you know, different coaching, who knows. Um, but, yeah, just just a little bit concerning just to see him struggle with two kind of lesser teams in the Pac-12 and back-to-back weeks. So, um, definitely going to have to, you know, keep my eyes on them and, and, and see how they, you know, develop throughout the season. Hey, and speaking of Lincoln Riley, it seems like a lot of people were surprised to hear whenever uh, Oklahoma got beat by TC. No, was that was that TC? Was that TC? Yeah, yeah, TC. Exactly. Lincoln Riley's brother actually is, is he's the offensive coordinator at TC. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the offensive coordinator. So I was, and I was just talking to, I think it was, I don't know if it was you talking to somebody else. I jokingly said it's like, so if that brother ever has a problem during the week, it's like game planning. He calls Lincoln, like, hey, Lincoln, like, what you thinking, Lincoln? Only yeah. had, like, the past three or four uh, or a lot of Heisman Trophy winner quarterbacks play under him, and known as one of the best play calls all of college football. So something interesting to note there. Uh, 
let's see who USC, because it's kind of like now, I think a lot of people, obviously people graduate from USC are excited to see them back up. I did start watching the I Am Athlete, but Reggie Bush has not finished it yet, but that, that is quite interesting in itself. Another one of the alumni, USC, but back to this USC plays Washington State next week. So, and then it looks like after that, they got a date with Utah, which seems to be like another big test for them. Uh, so I think a lot of people are just checking USC because UCLA, even though UCLA, I think they got the win this past week. It's just like, that's not the school. It honestly kind of resembles a little bit as far as like fan. I don't want to say this, but it makes sense in my head. Like the Chargers versus the Rams. It's like the Rams. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, the fans, they love them and stuff. The Chargers are playing well. I think UC, like UCLA right here just got the win with the final score of – 40 to 32. Is that that one? Yeah, 40 to 32. Yeah, 40 to 32, I think. Yeah, 40 to 32. So UCLA is undefeated, just like the University of Southern Cal. But UCLA, nobody showed up to the games. Yeah. And it's, and it's become like a noticeable thing. It's like, dang, like you would be shocked. It's like when the Chargers were winning, it's like nobody's showing up. So they eventually moved to that smaller stadium and everybody's not the mega one in Southern Cal. But that's, that's just kind of crazy to think about those two schools. Uh, that's why these guys are getting up out of that conference. <laughs> but we're going to keep it moving. Last last but not least, obviously, why NFL football, we spent the majority of the day talking about college football. Do have to mention that Monday night, here we all love it, the Rams versus the 49ers. We're not just going to ask you your prediction, Thomas, but uh, what do you expect to see in this game? Um, what do I, I, I know uh, last week um, Cooper Cup had a little bit of a down week. I think he only had four catches last week against the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, but they they handled the you know they handled the Cardinals pretty well last week. You know it's not like they needed a big performance out of them. Um, but this is a divisional matchup for them, divisional rival. Um, you know this this feels like you know it almost feels like the game is is big just because it's it's one of those matchups you see so often. It feels like about you know every every other week we see the Rams and the, and the uh, 49ers play, and it's always a big game. Um, you know imp- implications surrounding it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think uh, I expect Cooper Cup to come out and have a, a stronger day than he had last weekend. Um, that's for sure. Uh, I expect Jimmy G to play a little bit better than he's been playing as a recent. Um, now that this will be his second week starting, so I mean, you know, I feel like he's should be kind of back in that groove now a little bit. Um, so yeah, I, I, I probably say that's the two main things I'm expecting, um, and I and I kind of want to see how I, I'm really excited to see that matchup that 49ers offense against that Rams defense, you know, that should probably be a real physical matchup. 49ers are kind of run heavy uh, team, you know, use a lot of that play action. Um, you know, we know what kind of defense Rams are coming with, with, with guys like Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Bobby Wagner. So uh, it's going to be a fun matchup for sure. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It should be great. It kind of reminds me of that MLB, uh, for those of y'all that lost a lot of Major League Baseball, like when the Padres play the Dodgers. It's like, now granted, this is San Francisco to LA. That one is San Diego to LA. I'm expecting a lot. It should be a really, because sometimes, you know, you turn on Monday Night Football, it's like, yeah, it's the only thing that's on, so I'll watch it. But I think a lot yeah. of people like to tune into this one. Uh, it's always exciting to watch Aaron uh, Donald play, Jalen Ramsey play. Like, sometimes I forget. And then you put Bobby Wagner, arguably probably Hall of Fame linebacker in on there. Should be a great one to watch. I'm going to go ahead and predict. I hate, I feel like whenever I bet against Jalen Ramsey and I'm wrong, I feel like <laughs> personally telling me, like, look at you, look at you. <laughs> but I, I want to see this, uh, the 49ers, I want to see Jimmy G come out and make, a, make another 
because make a name for himself. He's a Super Bowl quarterback. Took his team to the Super Bowl. But I want to see him come out here and play really well here. And we get to see all those weapons. Even for uh the 49ers defensive line, Bosa Bosa's playing, right? No injuries, correct? Yeah, that's that's the other Bosa who got that um injury, his brother. Yeah, so I want to see Bosa come in here, have a a great game here. Go ahead and pick the uh Rams, but I'm gonna pick the Rams, but I want to see the 49ers come out here. Play a great game. It's funny. I'm thinking like Thomas. I feel like we discussed this before, but I'm forgot we <laughs> recorded the last show on Monday. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was on yeah during that Cowboys game. Yeah, so it was on Monday. So it's like these are the next. This is the next Monday night game. So in case me and Thomas have some different takes than we had last week, the week that went by, I've seen some things, heard some things, <laughs> and this is where we are now. But yeah, Thomas, that's about it. That's all I got for you. Uh, you got anything else? No, man, I'm good. Hey, y'all, thanks for tuning in to another week's episode of Matt Sports House. We should be back next week. Some more, um, for some reason, I want to say evolution or evolution, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) some more breakdown of all the uh, latest news and games. But until next week, peace. You the one that's trying to keep your business low-key, huh? You the one that's having your main nigga can't get no sleep, huh? You the one who walk around on fleek, huh? You the one that started from the bottom, but you reached your peak, huh? You taught her how to swallow no teeth, huh? Make them dollars out the street, huh? Baddest bitch you ever seen, huh? You the one who split the guap with your team, huh? You the one who drank a lot of codeine, huh? Hey, hey, I like this shit. This shit take me back to the 99, 2000. Hey, hey, I got shorties out trying to find me that love.